Hello, it's great that you've joined me for this week's message from our series, Lessons from Lockdown. Now, the person we're going to be looking at today may seem a very strange choice for this series. She's a wealthy woman living a comfortable life. She's certainly not locked down in any normal sense of the word. But as we look at what she went through, at the emotions she had to face, we will see that they're very similar even the same as what a lot of people have gone through with lockdown. And we'll see what we can learn from what this woman did as she faced these things that can help us as we face what we've been through with lockdown. So let's turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, starting at verse 8. And we're going to read verses 8 to 10. One day Elisha went on to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God who is continually passing our way. Let us make a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. We are not told this woman's name, but we can see some important things about her. Not only is she wealthy, but she's also hospitable and generous. A generous person will go out of their way to help others, to see what they can do to help and support them. They'll use their time, their talents, their finances. They have an outlook that is wider than just themselves and their needs. This woman looked out for who she could help. She saw Elisha regularly passing by, and she wanted to help him. As it says, she urged him to come in and eat. She provided for him in that way. And as she got to know him, she realized that he was a true prophet, a holy man of God, as she described him. And knowing the life of a prophet wasn't easy, she looks to what she can do more to help him. So she makes him a place to rest. She sets out a room for him. They build a room on that he can rest in and she puts in what he needs. She doesn't wait to be asked. She is alert and aware of what needs to happen and how she can help. And we see she has a good relationship with her husband too because she tells him what she wants to do and he's obviously agreeable with what she wants. If you knew this woman and you had to describe her, you would say that she was a good person, someone who's loving and caring and helpful, someone that good things should happen to, someone who would go out of their way to help you, to do things for you. Someone that should have a comfortable, a peaceful life. And Elisha appreciates what she has done for him. And she, he wants to thank her. In 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 13. And he, that's Elisha, said to him, Say now to her, See you have taken all this trouble for us. What is to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. Elisha offers to speak to those in authority for her, to gain her some favour or some advantage. We see her character come out again. She tells him that she doesn't need anything. She was content with what she had. She was at peace with her situation, with where she lived and who she lived with. She has those around her who know her and love her and care for her too, so she doesn't need any special treatment. While it could be held that her comfortable life gave her this contentment, that's not always the case. There are wealthy people who are never content, 
who are always scrabbling and grasping for more. And there are people who don't have a lot, who live a life that is content, who are satisfied and happy with what they have, and they make the best of everything that they have. Elisha still wants to help her. So his servant points out that the woman has no son and her husband is old. Because there's no son to inherit the estate, when her husband dies, she's going to be left in a precarious position. So Elisha tells her, obviously directed to by God, that in the next year she will have a son. We see this in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 16. And he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. Her response is interesting. She doesn't believe that it's possible. It would have been a dream that she would have had. Probably years passed and she would have been looking forward to having a child, to having a son particularly to inherit the estate. But that dream has died. It now seems to be impossible. And she doesn't want to get up her hopes for something that she doesn't think can ever happen. It can be safer and easier not to invest ourselves in things that may never come to pass, that may disappoint us when we don't see them happen. Yet faith in God means that we will look for what is impossible. And we know that with God, nothing is impossible. And sure enough, the following year, she does have a son. Her life continues now completely full. The child grows and is the delight of both parents. Everything is good until disaster strikes. While out with his father working in the fields, the child becomes ill. He's taken back to his mother and sadly quickly passes away. All the dreams his parents had had for the future, all their delight, all their joy, his mother's security has now gone. Just like that, just in the blink of an eye, it's all gone. It is a devastating situation. And this is where I want to relate the story to lockdown. Because while nothing can compare to the death of a child, lockdown has been devastating for many people. Some have lost family members or close friends, and they haven't been able to visit them in their final days or even to farewell them. They're suffering grief and pain from that. Lockdown has destroyed a lot of people's dreams and security and has made their future seem difficult and frightening. Businesses have closed. Jobs have been lost. People have lost savings. Relationships have been tested and even broken. People have been separated from family for a long time and have missed significant events. There's been increased depression, isolation and anxiety. When the unexpected happens and your life feels like it's tumbling down in pieces, what do you do? You don't have to look very far to have seen the anger, despair and fear that so many people have had who have been adversely affected by lockdown. Maybe that's how you've been feeling or you know people that have been feeling like that. The future seems uncertain. Who would have thought last year when COVID first started that over 18 months later, we would still be incredibly affected by it and still unsure of life getting back to normal again. In fact, we keep being, getting warned 
that life will not be back to how it was before COVID came. We have to adapt to a different situation and we have to deal with the emotions, the stress, everything that we've felt over this time. And uncertainty is hard to deal with. It can leave us feeling anxious, on edge, agitated. Let's see what we can learn from this woman who faced such a devastating situation. She received an unexpected, absolutely wonderful gift from God. This son who she had long before stopped dreaming for. It was an amazing gift that had come. Such a delight, such a joy. And then, just as suddenly, this child is gone. In the book of Job, when disastrous things happened to Job, his response was to worship God. You probably know the statement that Job made. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yet it can seem impossible, so difficult to say something like that when something that we have desired, when something important to us just goes, when it falls apart. Instead, it can seem easy to blame God. Why did you do this to me? Don't you love me? Or to turn our backs on God, saying, well, God obviously isn't powerful enough. God doesn't care for me. You know, we can feel that credible hurt, pain, a sense of betrayal. Why would God give me something so wonderful, so amazing, so unexpected, and then without any fault on my part, without anything that I did wrong, suddenly take it away? You may know a person who's faced something devastating, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a career or business or finances or property, maybe even loss of reputation through false accusations, and they've never got over it. They're still caught up in the pain and the hurt and the despair. Now let's look at this woman and see how she dealt with this, this incredibly devastating situation where the son that she desired and then had been such a joy is suddenly gone. Now her reaction seems a bit strange. She doesn't do what you would expect. She doesn't start screaming or crying. She doesn't call out to others. She doesn't even call her husband in or go out to him. So let's look at 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 21. Then she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. It's like she's in denial and doesn't believe it's happened. I'll just lie him down. He just needs a rest. He just needs a sleep. He'll wake up and he'll be fine. But that's not the case. She has a definite purpose in mind. And the place she takes her son to is significant. She doesn't just choose that because it's a bit out of the way. It's a quiet spot. By laying him on the prophet's bed, she is taking him to the closest place she has to God's presence. Remember in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't with each person, with each believer like he is now. It was only after Jesus went back to heaven that the Holy Spirit came and rested on each believer. In the Old Testament, only certain people had the Holy Spirit with them. The prophet was her connection to God. By laying her son on the prophet's bed, that was the closest place, the closest thing she had for, to God's presence. The place where this prophet, this holy man of God, as she described him, 
to her husband, rested, the place where he rested. And so we see her first reaction is to go to God. Her next action is to seek out the prophet. He's not there, so she goes to him. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 22, Then she called to her husband and said, Send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may quickly go to the man of God and come back again. She's active in seeking help from God. When we are facing difficulties, problems, issues outside of our control, we need to take note of what this woman did and go straight away to God. We need to seek him. Often we will complain about what God has or hasn't done without actually seeking him, without actually going to him, or we'll rant and rave at him without listening to what God is saying to us. The woman's husband is surprised that she's going to the prophet, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 23 to 26. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. She said, All is well. Then she saddled the donkey, and she said to her servant, Urge the animal on. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gazai, his servant, Look, here is the Shumanite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, Is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? And she answered, All is well. We see that both times she's asked if anything is wrong, firstly by her husband and then by Elisha's servant as directed to by Elisha. She answers, All is well. This seems a bit crazy. Her life has been shattered. Things definitely aren't well. Maybe she said this because she didn't want to get stopped or distracted from what she was doing. If she'd told her husband what had happened, I doubt that he would have let her go to the prophet then. And maybe she didn't want to go through a whole explanation to the prophet's servant. She wanted to get directly to the prophet so she wasn't going to be stopped by having to explain what was going on. I think it is deeper than that. This statement, all is well, is a sign of her faith in God. All is well because God is in control. All is well because God loves me and hasn't abandoned me. All is well because despite what is happening to me and around me, God can work in all things for my good. All is well because God will lead me through the fire and the flood through the valley of the shadow of death. He will be with me. This is a challenge to us. Do we believe those things when life appears to fall apart? When she comes to Elisha's, he tells his servant that he knows she is in bitter distress, but he doesn't know why. So we see she was not in some kind of denial. She had... It wasn't that it hadn't sunk in what had happened. And it's not like a faith to be in distress, to feel all those emotions that come when things go wrong. Because God's created us to feel those emotions. But what is important is what we do when we feel like that. And as we see with this woman, her emotions, her distress pushed her to God. She speaks to Elisha of her son, of what's happened. So he sends his servant to lay his staff on the boy's face. 
But that's not enough for this woman. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 30, Then the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. She is going to hang on to God. She knows the help and the comfort. The answers she need can only be found in God. He's the only one who knows and sees, who knows and sees perfectly. Advice, help, support from others is important, but it's an addition to, not instead of seeking God. We need to go to God. We need to get our help from God. And it's good to have help from other people, but that's an in addition to, not instead of. Elisha comes with her and then through the power of God raises this child back to life. When the child died, the woman could have gone into mourning. That was the usual, the expected response, the normal response. She could have become depressed, wanting to give up on life, or become angry, lashing out at God, at the prophet, at her husband. She could have said, why on earth did you give me this child and then take him away? But she didn't. In her bitter distress, she sought God. With God, there is restoration and hope. The woman had what she lost, restored to her completely. And God can bring things back to life. Those things you seem to have lost during lockdown, call out to God and ask him to restore them to you. Cling on to him as this woman did and look for his answer. Now God doesn't always give us back exactly what we have lost. At times he has something new, something different. And then the old has to go, so the new has come, so the new can come. Isaiah 43, verse 19. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. At this time, don't give up hope. Look to God for his answers. Are there things that you need to call out to God and ask him to restore? Instead of getting caught up in despair, distress, disappointment, depression, call out to God and ask him to restore what seems to have been lost. Are there new things that he has for you, but you need to lift your eyes to him and look for the new, not try to hold on to the old which has gone, but look for the new that God has for you, something that will be different, but it will be better because God will give you something that is good. Let your hope be in God. He is the God of hope, the God of restoration, the God of the impossible. Look to him, call out to him, no matter what you're feeling, cling on to him and open your eyes to what he can do. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are the God of hope, the God of restoration, that we can put our trust in you, our faith in you, that no matter what is happening around us, Lord, we can declare like the woman did, all is well. Because God, you are in control. And God, I pray for each of us who have lost things during these lockdown times, who have seen dreams shattered, who have seen difficulties come and feel like we're being stretched so hard, Lord God, so strongly that we don't know that we can cope with it, Lord. But Lord, we know that you are there for us, Lord. 
that you can restore what has been lost, Lord, or you can give us something new that you can say to us, look, the old is gone, but here is a new. I'm doing a new thing in your life, in your situation. Open our hearts, Lord. Open our eyes. Open our minds. Open our ears, Lord, that we can hear and see what you are doing because you are the God of the impossible, the God of hope, the God of restoration. We praise you this day, Lord God. We give you thanks. Amen.